Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. All right, we're going to get into the interview here with Molly Pittman, the return of Molly Pittman to professional traffic here in just a moment. Find out exactly what she's been doing with her life the last three to five years, as well as we're also going to do a case study. We're going to divulge this brand new case study she's got in the e-commerce space, which is super interesting. Using a landing page, I think you'll never, ever guess would be the one that would win and ultimately convert and scale this business up to ten dollars to $15,000 a day in ad spend. We will get to that right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, so we're here with Molly Pittman, the return of Molly Pittman to Perpetual Traffic. Pretty excited about this. Before we get into the case study, give us a little update on what has been going on in the life of Molly Pittman the last three to five years since you last been on Perpetual Traffic. What's up, everybody? Happy to be back. I can't believe it's been three or four years. I know, it's crazy. But hey, y'all, hasn't Cossum been the perfect replacement? That's not the right word. Well, I mean, I think there is a contingent of people out there that you, just you don't have to protect me, Molly. In a way, for the Molly, I know days. who I am. Yep. I will say, for what it's worth, when the show we decided to move on, I thought, I wonder if Ralph will keep doing it by himself, or like, I wonder what will happen. 
And then when I saw that you were on the show, it gave me the warm and fuzzies for what it's worth. I'm like, that guy has a big heart. So that really no, made it's me worth feel a lot. good. Thank you, Molly. I told Molly, well, she and I hopped on a call one time. And this is when I'd first met you, Molly. And, and Ralph, I told her I was the traffic coach at DM and I'm doing the traffic course. And now I'm doing perpetual traffic. I feel like I'm the poor man's Molly Pittman. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then I waited yes. a reasonable moment and I was like, I can't wait to be CEO of Smart Marketer. Like whenever you move on and decide to do something else, like let, let Ezra know I'm coming. Yeah. Move to Kentucky. Like that's going to yeah. happen at that's some right. point. Yep. Why on, wouldn't I do that? You're yeah. on deck. That's right. <laughs> following in the footsteps. Uh, in all reality, we give Kasim a lot of grief for this, but yes, he has been an excellent replacement. <laughs> No, an excellent co-host. Like there's, yeah, everyone has their own thing, and everyone has their unique qualities that they bring to the show here. Present company not included, but yeah, Cosm's been great, and it's just awesome to have you back. And I think one of the funniest <laughs> reviews I think we ever got when you were the regular co-host is your laugh. And today, actually, as we're recording in our podcasting software, that's the only thing that registers. So if you just hear <laughs> blank, you know, between me and Kasim, unless you actually hear some laughing, Molly, I can assure you, is on the show here today, but she's brought her laugh with her. So, which is great to have back on Perpetual Traffic. So I think, you know, the Perpetual Traffic listener is just dying to know what you've been doing with your time. You know, like you're doing all kinds of cool stuff, but let's just get caught up a little bit here as to what you've been up to. It's crazy to think, I think this show started in like 2014. So nine years ago, that doesn't feel real. Obviously, I was working at Digital Marketer there. That's where I learned all of this stuff, or at least the beginning of my career intern, media buyer, ended up VP of marketing, had a lot of fun doing that, realized, okay, Molly, you know, you want freedom, right? I was ready to be on my own. So left DM about 2017. For a year or two, I was just getting my bearings, figuring out what I wanted to do. So I did some freelancing, I was doing some consulting. That's when I went up to visit Ezra Firestone in New York. And he's like, Molly, I've got this smart marketer brand, I'm not doing enough with it. You would be the perfect compliment. So partnered up there with Smart Marketer. And the first goal there was, how do we get the info side of this business to a place that feels really good? So for the first couple of years, myself and John Grimshaw, who I also worked with at Digital Marketer, really worked on scaling that business, launching new products, redoing all the products, getting the paid ad side, rocking and rolling, getting the team where we wanted it to be. And then we launched a mastermind, Your Next Move, which is super fun. It's more of a consulting mastermind where we meet with people every week to give them feedback on their business. And then last year, to most people's surprise, we launched an agency, which is really exciting. And that's been honestly one of the most fun parts of my career so far that I didn't think would be so fun. We can get into that a little bit more if we want to, but we found someone that would be really good at operating that business day to day. So that's been really successful. And then personally, oh goodness, a lot's happened. You know, I was living in Austin, Texas when I worked for a digital marketer and when we first started the show. Then when I left, I bounced around a bunch. I was in Colorado for a few years. I was in Amsterdam for a few years. And about two years ago, I moved back to Kentucky. I was here over the holidays and I ran into someone that 
I dated in high school and we had this profound moment that was like, oh my goodness, I need to be with this person. So to my surprise, I moved back here to small town Kentucky a couple years ago and a lot's happened like so much more than I ever could have expected. So we bought a farm. We have a dog rescue now, which is super fulfilling and such a great balance to online business life, which I'm sure most of you feel, you know, it doesn't matter how long you do this stuff. There's always some point where you're like, I need something more. Like for me, I needed to do something in person that I could touch that had nothing to do with making money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The fulfillment was coming another way. With the dog rescue, we keep about 15 to 20 dogs right now in a barn converted to a kennel And just whoever's in a life-threatening situation, mostly dogs that will be euthanized at the local shelters, we go and get them, we foster them, and then most of them actually get on a bus to come up towards you, Ralph, up in New England. And every Saturday, about 80 dogs leave to go up north where they will be adopted. Your states just have better laws and don't have as many animal welfare issues as we do. So yeah, most of them go up there to live their forever lives. So that's been super fulfilling. And yeah, launching some local businesses, which is fun. Again, something in person that I can touch. But hey, I'm still Molly. I still love ads. I still love the super nerdy digital marketing stuff. I still teach. We have a podcast called the Smart Marketer Podcast. You know, my day to day is mostly doing stuff like this. <laughs> teaching, podcasting, helping students out, but also working with the team. And it's so fun. I always wished like, goodness, I wish I had media buyers I was working with that were even better than me at this stuff. And I wish I could just be in their world and help them from a big picture standpoint. But you know, that I had that feedback loop coming from them. And I feel like that's what we have now with the team. So it's made our courses a lot stronger because now we have more of the team there that's doing the day-to-day that can help too. Yeah, it's been a really exciting ride and I miss perpetual traffic and I appreciate you guys. And it's crazy that this thing's been around nine years. I had a memory pop up, Ralph, I guess it was nine years ago at some point. And it was me with the microphone you have right now in my closet in Austin in an apartment (laughs) recording. For some reason, we recorded the first few episodes on a Saturday. Like that was lame. I don't know why we did that, but it was a Saturday and I'm in the closet. closet. Like, What is podcasting? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's great. I mean, this show's been a huge part of my career. I still will get leads come in or I'll see someone in an event and they're like, Molly, I started listening to you, you know, back on perpetual traffic. So it's cool that this is still such an awesome community here. Still rocking, but we got you out of the closet. That's good. Yes, we're in an office now, but hey, I'd go back to the closet. (laughs) (laughs) That sound is in the closet. That's right. (laughs) You start as a podcaster. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a lot of rabbit holes we can go down to talk about your personal life. It's amazing what you've been able to do, like go around the world, get all these experiences and then come home. And then you bring that sort of international understanding. Obviously, you've got like the digital marketing side of the equation. And now you're, you know, infusing that into small town Kentucky. (laughs) 
and obviously happy there and doing a lot of things that are non-money making, which is really cool, <laughs> of which you reach a certain level of financial success. It's like you start to look around and say, what's my real impact here in the world? Yeah. And I also, think- something really quick, Ralph, sorry, on that is it's not even the money. It's like a whole different way of getting energy. And I didn't realize that. It's something Ezra's always told me that I had never put into practice. But it's not just a monetary thing. It's I get this whole different energy source from doing that work that then allows me to go do better in business, right? Mm, And before I was relying on that feeling and that energy just coming from business. And like you said, there's only so much of that you're going to get. I feel like I see the world in a completely different way. And I have so much more energy now for the money-making stuff, which I do put back into the dog rescue. So it's just a big cycle. Yeah, it's a virtuous cycle for sure. I think from an agency standpoint, it's super interesting. It's like you've done the reverse. You were in info and now you're in an agency doing, it's usually the opposite. Like, oh my God, I'm so sick of the agency. I'm going to go into info. Right. Tell us a little bit about that and that whole evolution. And what was that sort of triggering event that said, all right, well, this is something that I actually really do want to do. Aside from working with really cool media buyers who are obviously bringing a different set of expertise and learning from them and all that. But tell us about that evolution. Yeah. I mean, obviously I got into information because I started a digital marketer and that was really the business model there. And I got into teaching and figuring out the inner workings of knowledge commerce in that way. And then I realized, okay, when I'm consulting or doing agency work, I do work best with info style businesses because that's what I know. But then it was strategic partnering with Ezra because he knows e-commerce. So between the two of us, we have pretty much every business model covered in terms of deep expertise. And I've done that. With the agency, I knew, and this is something that will continue to happen, but information will only continue to be commoditized, right? That's why you see us at Smart Marketer. We mostly sell $3,000 mentorships because yes, they're getting the information, but they're also getting the access to me and the team. It's only going to be harder in the B2B space to purely sell information at a profit. This is a natural thing that's happening in our market where Info, in my opinion, is no longer the way that you're going to profit. We can make a little bit of profit from the info at Smart Marketer, but I started to realize this is actually just the front end of a business, right? It would not be smart of us to go all in on the info side because other competitors, agencies mostly, they are willing to charge less. And this is just a race to the bottom. So this is not a business that I want to be in. This is just the front end. This is just a way to get us out there, a way to build a relationship, a way for someone to watch our videos or learn from us and say, hmm, I share values with this person. I trust this person. I'm interested in continuing to work with them. So then the question was, okay, well, what is the back end of the business? Ezra already had his Blue Ribbon Mastermind. That's still rocking and rolling. Like I said, we launched our mastermind two years ago. Great. That's kind of the next level of monetization. Then I realized, okay, there's even more there, but do we want to do it? Providing services I got to see through our friendship, Ralph, it's different than information. There are some challenges that I didn't particularly want to participate in. So I knew, okay, if we're going to do this, we have to have the right team. And so while I was in Amsterdam, I made friends with a guy named Papine Hufen, who's Dutch. 
And at the time, he was a media buyer building his own agency. And as soon as I met up with this person in like the first five minutes, I knew he's going somewhere. He has what it takes to build any type of business. And this is someone that I should try to work with in some way. So I started just feeding him clients, people that would come to us, hey, I need someone to run my Facebook ads. We would send them to him. And people would come back to me and say, this is the best performance I've ever had. Like this guy, his team, like this is amazing. So not only did I like the person, trust the person, know that that person was going somewhere, I also tested like, can he actually do this? We went to him and said, hey, Pep, why don't you come over here with us? Yeah, you're going to have a fourth of the pie instead of the whole pie. But together, we feel like we can build something bigger than any of us could apart. And he said, yes. And he's an incredible operator, like probably one of the best business operators I've ever met. And he allows people like Ezra and I to go do what we're good at, right? So I can go speak at events, be on podcasts, bring the business in. And he's just incredible at running the team, managing clients and making sure that the business grows and that we get those results. That's really how everything turned out. It was kind of just taking a bunch of pieces. I feel like we all always have the pieces to the puzzle, but you just got to see how they come together. So after I was in Amsterdam, I met him, I moved back, I started to see oh, this info thing, this is not a sustainable business model moving forward. We've got to add some other pieces. And he was that puzzle piece we were missing. I want to meditate just for a moment on something Molly said, because I think it was a gold nugget, especially for our agency listeners and the broader listener base, which is, and I'm going to try to repeat this verbatim, Molly, and then I'll ask you to correct my use of your words. But you said, in the B2B world, it's going to get harder and harder to make a profit selling info only. I think that's a really important flag to plant in the ground because what's interesting about it is while it's getting harder, I see more people rushing to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which totally. exacerbates the issue, right? There's, there's it's less easier. meat on the bone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was Thinking even, it's easier. Well, it right. was even hard when we were doing it in 2015. Now mm. think there's no way to measure this, but I guarantee you there's at least 50 times more people trying to do the same thing we were trying to do back then. Well, there are people teaching people. This is how you know an industry is dead. When people start (laughs) teaching people how to do it instead of do it themselves, there are people teaching people how to sell info products, which it's like inception info product. But yeah, that's where we are now. And hey, there's still, I'm just saying B2B in the marketing industry. Like one of our biggest clients, Info, spending $30,000, $40,000 a day on courses that teach people how to stretch, mostly Mm. teach older people Here's how you stay fit so that you can still put your shoes on, so you can still walk your dog, play with your grandkids. Info is not dead. Info is just getting started. But marketing information, it's just, it's almost ruined. So Mm -hmm. that's why we don't really sell. When we sell courses, we're pretty much at break even. But guess what? That pays for the team that we then get to go do all this other fun stuff with that's super profitable. That's why our email list is as big as it is. That's why we can spend $30,000 or more a month on ads just for Smart Marketer because the courses, yeah, we're still making money from that. That's just paying our baseline expenses and then bringing the people in. It's the beginning of the customer journey. And then everything else is free money, as we say. 
And it's a logical next step. I mean, when you teach somebody how to do it, eventually you're going to get people that are like, ah, I just want you to do it for me. You know exactly. what I mean? It's like, oh, do you need more help after you get this thing? All right, well, we can actually help you there. And that's yes. sort of where you enter in. And it's a logical sort of next step in helping that particular customer avatar on the B2B space. Yeah. And then you're not the agency that's desperate for clients. You know, we have a wait list. Most of the people we know deeply because we've coached them for years. They've gone through our information. So they come in, we're already friends. We speak the same language. We already know a lot about their business. Now sure. it's just essentially labor. Yeah. That's a bit of the turning the agency model on its head. And I think I think at last count, there's about 42,000 agencies out there. I think that's a U.S. number. There's a lot of people doing this done-for-you thing, which is getting more leads, getting more clients, but sort of turning it on its head as opposed to, you know, sort of think of the logical sequences. I get fed up with the agency side, and then I'm going to go into info, which is really, it's a harder path. It's not as easy as people sort of make it out to be, nor is... And I think to your point, info just in general, especially in that B2B space or teaching something specific, not info in general, because I agree with you. Like we have a ton of customers that are all digital products based, but they are not selling how to do online marketing, yes. right? Or any of that sort of stuff. So there's a key differentiator. So we are here with Molly Pittman for Homecoming on Perpetual Traffic, which is pretty damn exciting unto itself. So far, we've gone back through the last... I don't know, three to nine years. We've known each other for like 10 years. Easy. Really exciting to have her on here today. After this quick break, we're going to get into a meta case study. Like we now know what she's been doing. What's she been doing with ads? People are dying to know. What's Molly doing with Facebook ads? And we're going to get into that right after this break. Do you want to acquire more customers and enhance their lifetime value? Isn't that the purpose of online marketing is to acquire brand new customers from cold traffic, or as we say, crack the code on cold traffic? Well, that's exactly what we do at Tier 11. And we do it through a system called Customer Acquisition Amplification. What's Customer Acquisition Amplification, or CAMP for short? Well, it's a revolutionary approach to digital marketing that analyzes and identifies opportunities in your company's growth throughout your entire customer acquisition path. How we do it? Well, we sniff out the friction, and we identify the gaps in your messaging. And then we find every missed opportunity to take your prospects on the ideal journey from first touch to high value conversion. And that's what camp is all about. So if you are a business owner or you're a CMO or a director of marketing looking to take your business to the next level and finally acquire brand new customers and enhance their lifetime value so you can achieve your vision as an organization, then contact us at tier11.com. Click the big pink button in the upper right-hand corner and fill out the application and talk to our team to how we can help you scale and grow using customer acquisition amplification. And we're back to perpetual traffic with the woman, the myth, the legend, Molly Pittman. Molly, we're so glad you're here. It's time to jump back in the saddle, let's say. Put the spurs back on. Do what people know you're best at. Do what the perpetual listener expects and drop some Facebook knowledge bombs mm. like only Molly Pittman can do. Yeah. I'm excited. No They're pressure. dying to know. Yeah. No pressure. No buildup. 
Yeah, this feels a lot like watching like Michael Jordan come back on the court. You know what I mean? Like he's just there to pick up his kid, but somebody throws him a ball and you just see him side like uh, kind of mosey up to the three point line and you're like, Oh, I think he's gonna do it. Yeah. I think I could do that dunk taking off from like right. you know, the foul line kind of thing. It's actually easier now because you're in the agency space and so you can actually talk to all that. There's an air of even greater legitimacy to everything that you're saying now, Molly. It's crazy Ooh. Ooh. build up build up <laughs> dun, dun, dun. do you guys want more of an info or an e-com example or it doesn't really matter i'm gonna vote e-com personally yeah i go e-com for sure yeah that's why i think our listener is more often than not and that's where my business lives i'm excited to learn for me i'm being selfish okay cool and i'm sure i'll throw some just general best practices along the way here but this is something i presented a couple weeks ago that people really liked we have a client called Array, A-R-R-A-E. They're awesome. Everybody should check them out. I have, I think, a great episode on the Smart Marketer podcast with their founder, Nish. Their story is incredible. They started their business in 2020. They're already doing very well. We have certain NDAs. So now I say things like doing very well, but um, they've grown Doing very well means making lots of money. Yeah. They, <laughs> They're very successful. <laughs> You can go back and listen to that episode if you guys are interested, but it's just so cool to hear their journey. Started the business in 2020. Nish was running ads on his own. He went through Train My Traffic Person, our course, figured it out, got the account up to like $1,000 a day, handed it over to Pep before we had the agency last January. Pep was able to get it up to like 5,000-ish in spend a day handed it over to the agency. Now we're up to 15K plus a day. So a nice little trajectory for an e-com business that's just getting started. They sell supplements that help with bloat, sleeping, a lot of things to do with your gut health. They're really good with influencers, really good with branding. If you check them out, we also do their email marketing. They do all the things that you wish a client would do, right? Great creatives. They get it. They know their avatar. So they've got a lot going for them. And something that we launched recently, so this is a little education around pre-sale articles, which we also call advertorials. Advertorials have been around for literally hundreds of years. I think it's funny when people are like, pre-sale articles don't work. It's like, no, guys, this is a form of advertising. This is not strictly on the internet. Right? <laughs> this is something that's been around a long time that will always work, which is essentially the idea, whether it's on video, audio, or written that you're going to educate and or entertain, give a little bit of value first and lead someone to want to purchase. And we know that these types of offers are really important, especially for scalability, right? There are only so many people in the world right now that we can run ads, what we call butter chicken style, direct to product page and say, hey, do you want to buy this? There are just only going to be so many people that are ready to make that purchase right in this moment. Of course, there's scalability there in terms of avatars, other hooks, the ways in which you position it. You can get really far with what we call butter chicken, but you can only get so far, right? We want to be able to reach the parts of this market that are a little more cool, that are even very cold, that might not even know that they are dealing with bloating, but we are able to lead them back to wanting to purchase the product. So this is a fun little case study. This is something that Nish also, there's a good lesson here. He worked on this for a while. 
Nish was in our mastermind before he was an agency client. And this pre-sale article, this is probably the 15th iteration of this, right? So another little reminder here, guys, just because you write a pre-sale article or just because you record a video doesn't make it good, doesn't mean it's going to work. It's actually putting it out there and then continuing to optimize it until it gets to the place where you want it to be. So this was not perfect out of the gate. This took a lot of time. This pre-sale article is really simple. Top five reasons you're bloated. This ended up being the best pre-sale article after testing many, many. And again, we're on iteration like 15 here. The top, and I'm going to go ahead and show my screen just so you can see it. This is just this one little campaign that we ran, but we use this offer in many other ways. Obviously, the goal is sale of physical product through a pre-sale article, top five reasons you're bloated. This particular campaign generated a little bit over a thousand new customers. So the headline, look you all at how short and simple this is. And if you're just listening, I'm going to quickly read it to you or describe it to you. This is very important with pre-sale articles nowadays. The headline is obvious. There's not much to it. Top five reasons you're bloated. The six bulleted list below only one or two sentences describing whatever the headline is there in each of these bullets. That's really important. People write pre-sale articles and they're way too long. They're way too detailed. It's 2023, y'all. People are rash. They want to consume stuff now and they want to know it quickly, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to read a bunch of copy. We've got the headline, number one, eating too quickly. And then below, we only have two or three sentences that explain to them exactly what this means. We're actually giving them content here, you all, that's eye-opening. We're not just like, you're bloated because you ate pizza. That would be writing a pre-sale article to write a pre-sale article. We are trying to give them information in a way or information that they haven't thought of before, right? This is counterintuitive. This is curiosity. This gets them bought in because they're like, ooh, I didn't know that about myself. That's why this works. So eating too quickly, slow gut motility, food intolerances, which is basically the pizza part, too much sugar, overgrowth of bacteria, six, bonus, what to do when you're bloated. And guess what that is? Buy our stuff, right? Mm, beautiful. <laughs> really high converting pre-sale article, you guys. Probably one of the highest that I've ever seen, honestly. And look how simple this is. Pre-sale articles have changed, not in whether they work or not, but just the simplicity required. You know, with Boom by Cindy Joseph, Ezra's makeup brand, we do run all of the meta ads for that brand now. And a lot of what we're doing with pre-sale articles is just simplifying them. The simpler, the more to the point, the more curiosity-based, the more you can teach them something that they didn't know, the more trust that's built, the more desire that is built to actually purchase the product because now they have a reason to buy that they didn't have before. This person probably wasn't going to buy just because they're bloated. But now they're going to buy because they have realized that their bloating is actually a function of something that they didn't even know was going on in their gut that now needs to be solved with this magic pill, <laughs> which does work. This is the offer. Of course, pre-sales are not for everybody. This is definitely an offer type that we go to at about $5,000 a day in spend for any brand, whether you're info, SaaS, e-com, doesn't matter. This is an offer type that just works because it's a way to go out to a market that is not so ready to buy. 
the offer here is top five reasons you're bloated. The targeting, we're going old school. About 90% of our targeting in Meta right now is interest-based. We still do all of the old school interest research that I used to teach here on the show. And we're doing more of it than we ever have. Lookalikes are still working for us a bit in some accounts, depending on the history of the account, the amount of data that they have. I don't know if you're finding this, Ralph, but we're actually finding that we need to leave lookalike ad sets on much longer. So if we leave them on 10 to 14 days, for example, sometimes they'll come back around and actually be our best performing ad set. But if we're making decisions three to five days in, lookalikes just typically for us are not the way to go. Now, old school interest space, we're still rocking it. Almost this entire campaign, other than one ad set, absolutely interest space. And the way that we think about it for Array is, at least for this offer, where are people going to try to solve the problem of bloating that isn't us? Things like probiotics, things like sugar substitute, brands like the Institute for the Psychology of Eating, where they might be going for information. Mm-hmm. Kombucha is something that people really go to to try to settle their belly and really get that bloat down. These are all interests that we use for Array. Now, of course, we use avatar-based targeting for them too. Who is buying? We have many different types of people that buy Array's product. Of course, we have extensive interest targeting research for each of those. But when we're looking at just discussing the topic of bloating, this is the type of interest targeting that we used in this particular campaign. And then the best ad for this campaign, it's been running about a year now, we still can't beat it, is actually an old school looking carousel ad. And this is something any of you can use, even if it's not a pre-sale article, but if you are giving some sort of education on the landing page, it's really simple. The first card of this pre-sale is, these are the top five reasons why you're bloated. The next card gives them tip one in full. The next card gives them tip two in full. And then the next one is, hey, you want to learn the other reasons? Click here. So that's what we would call Mm. an open loop. (laughs) Yes. These are our best performing ad types when we are leading to a page with any sort of content. Give a little bit of the content, leave an open loop there. Really hard for them not to want to click forward. And then in terms of campaign structure, Ralph, I'm sure you're finding something similar, but our campaign structure is gone back to very old school as a response to iOS updates, as a response of just the way that Facebook has been functioning recently. Almost everything we're doing is back to ABO. So of course, even though this is a pre-sale article, we're still optimizing for conversions, still optimizing for purchases. Because this account had some history, because we knew that this offer was most likely going to work, we started ABO, $150 a day, 84 ad sets in this campaign. I thought this would make you smile, Ralph, because <laughs> this is teetering back to the, the Michigan method. Yeah, old school indeed. <laughs> it is, but this is what, at least for our agency, is allowing us the control to be able to figure out not only what's working, but to give Facebook more of a smaller sandbox to play in. And not that some of these ad sets are completely open targeting or broad targeting, whatever you want to call it. It's not that we still don't do that. It's just by going back to ABO and by having all of these different ad sets, not only is it easier for us to manage, it seems easier for Facebook to understand, but it's also what we're finding the best way to scale. 
Vertical scaling the last year or two for us has been tough unless you're just barely inching that budget up. As you know, our most favorite way to scale is horizontally. Great. We have something that's working. Let's launch many different ad sets to many different types of interest and targeting options so that we can get more more juice out of the lemon. But only four ads. We're not as old school to the number of ads that we used to be. Really, our goal, three to five ads in an ad set is our sweet spot right now. Doesn't seem like Facebook can digest many more than that anyway. So if you're launching with more than five or six ads, the other three to five ads that you're including in the ad set probably aren't going to get any juice at all. So you might have wasted your time. (laughs) In that case, if you have more creative that you want to test, we just put those in isolation so that we can actually get them some reach. But right now, best practice for us, about three to five ads in an ad set And I think this one that this was something I presented at Social Media World, this one generated over a thousand new customers in a few days for Array, which they were obviously pretty pumped about. And it mostly just gives us an offer that allows us to scale out of people that are just so focused on wanting to buy a bloat supplement today. Right, right. That's the look and feel of that landing page. And we'll leave the links in the show notes, obviously, for the YouTube link here. But it's so basic. And I think one of the things that I always was blown away by this. Oh, really? (laughs) Even better. All right. We'll leave a link in that. I think I'm an affiliate. So we'll leave a little now. But the, the Cindy Joseph, like the old school, I was always blown away by how short that was. And we'll leave a link to that one. Is that I think the five reasons for like five Five tips, tips makeup tips for older women, right? It was super short, but this is even shorter. I assume if you're scrolling on that page, there's not a whole lot below that. It's pretty much what you showed, and that's it. It's like it's above the fold stuff. And I love the bonus number six is OR stuff. Exactly. (laughs) And if you go back to Boom's pre sale articles now, we have probably eight to 10 we've run top of funnel but they're much shorter than they used to be. We've also removed navigation. So essentially things are shorter, they're clearer, and there's not as much stuff to do on the page. It's almost like we're going back to old school direct response in a way that we haven't before, putting timers on pages, removing any sort of navigation that's not exactly what we want them to do. Short, clear, concise messaging. People's attention spans, I think, are too short to do anything else. Yeah, I did notice there was some navigation on that particular landing page. Yeah, I'm that one, that one did it. actually have it. They have it. But if you see our boom ones, we just have two buttons now at the top. Yeah, so easy. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's the evolution of the marketer. That's the most shocking thing about this. Never in a million years after 15 iterations, I think a lot of people would say that wouldn't work. There's not enough stuff there. I just need more stuff. Well, what you actually think is going to work and what actually works is not necessarily one and the same. Where the iterations just really like addition by subtraction in most cases, if you take us through those 15 iterations, and this is where people run awry. It's like they try it once and like, eh, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? But sticking to it. First and foremost, the best marketers I see out there today or the best people on our team are the ones that are just continuing to try. The students that end up succeeding are not the ones that are just the best marketers. They're just the ones that don't try a pre-sale article and then say it doesn't work. The people that are first willing to accept or say, oh, this doesn't work, 
no, that's the failure in itself. It's okay, there is a time to say something doesn't work, but it's not right now. And it's definitely not in digital marketing in 2023. You're going to have multiple iterations of anything. With this pre-sale article, of course, it's messaging. That's what needed the iterations first. It's what is the actual content? At first, the content was not helpful. It wasn't curiosity-based. It wasn't interesting. So we had to get it to a place where this is actually something someone wants to read and the content seamlessly leads us to the desire to purchase the product. Then how it looks and all of that, that's easier optimizations you can make. Not to be lost in the whole thing is the open loop on the first two tips and you have to click to find the other ones in the ads. That's a nice, tidy little open loops there. Yeah, that works for lead magnets too. That's tremendous. Just really quick on the info side of things. I don't think we have time for a case study, but I want you guys to know what we are seeing across the board. First off, now the more experience that I have with all of these different business types they're not that different. I hear a lot of, oh, I'm an e-com business, so it works this way, or I'm an info business, so it works this way. Do not think like that because the strategies that we use are almost identical for both. And the clients and the businesses that are succeeding most in 2023 and moving forward are actually a hybrid of both of those together. Our biggest client spending $40,000, $50,000 a day, they lead with info and they have physical product on the back end. So the more that you can learn both of those types, the better you're going to be as a business person and marketer in general, because you really need both to be successful. You could even argue with that pre-sale article that I showed you is information, because it kind of is, even though we're not opting in for it. So remember that, you all. And when we're thinking about information on the front end, also going more old school, what's working for us right now are tripwires, which we had really gotten away from probably four or five years ago, the ability to run ads directly to a low dollar info product and for it to actually be a self-liquidating offer. We're coming back to a time now in markets outside of marketing where we can do that. Our stretching client that I mentioned, hyperbolicstretching.com, his whole business is selling these tripwires about stretching on the front end and then selling other products on the back end. But he is profitable on the first purchase. That's insane. It's been a while since I've seen that actually be possible. We just brought on a new mastermind member, Face Yoga Method. Their whole business is teaching women how to do face yoga to deal with things like double chin or wrinkles. Well, they are also leading with tripwires, $197 challenge or small info product marked down to 27 bucks, 37 bucks. There is a huge sweet spot there right now, you all. And you can set up ads just like we talked about with e-com, same structure, direct to sales page. That's mainly what we do with hyperbolic stretching. If you guys look up that brand and Facebook ad library, we are mostly running ads direct to sales page. We do have a small budget set aside for leads, but you do not, as an info business, have to use the model of lead, then tripwire, then profit maximizer. You can take that lead magnet off the front and you will be more profitable. Now, it's not as scalable. There is a time and place, but there is a huge sweet spot in B2C info markets right now where you can really lead with that tripwire. If you are in info or even if you're e-com and you're looking for a way to scale, it's probably not by selling more of your physical product. It's probably selling information on the front end that educates, builds that relationship, gets someone in a place 
Now you sell them physical products. That's the difference between them buying one physical product from you or them being on subscription and a lifetime customer. When it comes to info, we're using the same exact campaign structure, same targeting, same line of thinking, same exact blueprint. The offers just look a little bit different. That is quite the nugget. (laughs) I mean, info on the front end, physical products on the back end. And I think you're so right. So many businesses sort of think of themselves as a certain type of business. But if you start to hybridize and think about it a little bit more differently and like the natural evolution of like how somebody is persuaded, typically it's through information to begin with anyway. The search starts, I'm looking for the solution to my problem. And this one, this case study that we went into in pretty in depth is obviously it's information on bloating. So it's like it's a natural, even that clicking to the page is technically like your first transaction. Yeah, and you can charge for the information. It doesn't have to be free. That's also how we're combating ad cost rising, which they always will. It's okay to charge for information on the front end and sell whatever the heck you want on the back end. Yeah, so good. Well, I know it's been a while since you've been on here and people are very excited to hear your voice and your laugh. (laughs) We'll have to do it again. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. Where can people find it? What's the best way to connect with Molly Pittman or where can people find you now? Smartmarketer.com. That has links to the podcast, the agency, all of our courses, our blog, Instagram at Molly Pittman Digital. That's probably where I'm most active day to day. And if you're interested in the dog rescue definitely send me a message on Instagram. We'll leave links there for everything, regardless. MollyPittman.com is with two L's, not three L's, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a little issue with that, like pre-show, but fabulous. We'll leave links in the show notes, obviously, here. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, you can go over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better and tell us what we can do better. We do read those and effectively changes sort of the course of history here at Perpetual Traffic, like what you at the Perpetual Traffic listener actually thinks. Follow me over on LinkedIn and Qasim at Qasim Aslam on Twitter. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And like I said, we'll also leave links in the show notes for the YouTube channel, Qasim. People are having a hard time finding the YouTube channel, which... There's like nine of them. I know. There's like 19 Perpetual Traffic. So it's the one with, you know, me and Qasim smiling faces, but we'll leave that in the show notes in case you do get confused because this will be obviously on there as well. All resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com on behalf of my awesome co-host Qasim Aslam thank you so much for being on PT Molly Pittman until next show see ya you've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 